Welcome back to the Over the Border podcast. I'm your host, Justin. The Sens are on right now, so and they're tied, so I'm in a good mood. But let's throw it over and see how the boys are feeling. Kyle, start with you. How are we doing this evening? Pretty well. As I've been mentioning through these past few episodes, there's so much to bet on with college basketball on all the time, uh, even during work. That's the only thing that gets me through work, so I'm doing pretty well because of that. But the Sens are playing, and they'll lose, and then I'll be upset. Ryan, how are you doing? Well, you already know what I'm going to say. It's, I'm going to talk about United. Of course I am. Really? Big draw Big draw over the weekend against Chelsea with Carrick at the wheel. We got the new manager coming in. We'll play tomorrow against Arsenal. Screw you. Like, fuck you, Arsenal. That's all I got to say. And uh, I'm just pumped. You know, big day, big weekend of sports coming up. Premier League is back. I'm excited. All right. Well, thank you for the across the pond update. Before we get into the episode today, let's get a recap of our picks from last episode. I'm the best gambler on the show. I went eight and six. That brings me to 33 and 30 overall. Volume shooter, but I'm still positive, so that's what you like to see. Ryan went five and three. He's 16 and 16 overall. Justin six and five, 19 and 18 overall. That is a 19 and 14 record. Uh, as a podcast last episode, so we bounced back, as we said. And one note we need to make, yeah. the emergence of Stat Guy Just. Last episode, he did the b- most boring segment where he just rhymed off seven unders. No one really listened, but it turns out the unders went four and one. So we're going to bring that segment back. You can just skip it if you want. No one listens, but apparently some of them win. Justin, take her away. Well, I just want to say that, uh, you know, I might be changing my uh, philosophy here. I was looking at some numbers today. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. Let's see if we can start uh, an upward trajectory here. But let's get right into it. Coast to coast, recapping news across Canadian sports. Uh, so let's start with the NHL. As per usual, uh, we're going to start with the Vancouver Canucks out on the West Coast. They're seven fourteen and two. The Oilers are fifteen and five. The Flames thirteen four and five. The Jets, 10-8-4. The Sens, a lot of news out of Ottawa in the last week. The Sens are 4-14-1, which drops them to 1-9 in their last 10. They're in shambles. Matt Murray cleared waivers as he is 0-5 with a 3.26 GAA and a .89 save percentage. Terrible. So we'll see if he can pick up his game in Belleville. The Sens, however, made a move acquiring someone. They actually claimed uh, former Blackhawk Adam Gaudet off waivers. Uh, he's actually in the lineup tonight against the Vancouver Canucks uh, playing center. So hopefully he can find his game in Ottawa and help the Sens turn it around. And Managed to score a goal tonight, yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. He got on the board. It's currently 1-1 with two minutes left in the first period as we record this. And, yeah, he uh, is the lone Sens goal scorer on the power play. So uh, already off to a positive start. Already has as many goals as Tim Stutzler, but we don't need to talk about that. But the biggest news coming out of Ottawa is in a game last week in against the LA Kings, in a scrum or more of a wrestling match between Kachuk and Brendan Lemieux, uh, Lemieux bit Brady Kachuk in the hand. Never seen anything like this really before. I guess the only thing that's kind of comparable, actually not really even comparable with the Marchand licking incidents, uh, but, yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, Lemieux only got five games. Uh, a lot of people that I've talked to were kind of okay with that or understood that that was what he was going to get. But, honestly, I thought he was going to get more games as 
why are you biting someone that first of all that's gross second of all ow and i like what brady kachuk said about how kids don't even bite babies do so uh i thought that was kind of funny but yeah disgusting bullshit should in my opinion should have got more games but whatever uh moving along to the toronto maple leafs they are on the opposite track as the ottawa senators they're 16 6 and 1 9 and 1 in their last 10 so as a sense fan you hate to see it they are rolling they look good they are currently up what three nothing kyle against the colorado avalanche tonight nothing indeed i hammered them of course i'm the best gambler on the show Amen. just listen to my picks and you'll make money yeah i tailed uh tailed kyle i'm actually on the puck line minus one and a half and uh at plus 195 looking okay for now but like the sends we've got to mention all the dumpster fires up up here above the border the montreal Canadiens, 6 16 and 2 ryan why don't you tell us what's going on in montreal because i sure as hell have no clue well, I've been asking for this since the beginning of the podcast, since we've been recording, and I think Jeff Molson's been listening to us a couple times because what has happened? They cleaned the house. Bergevin, gone. Assistant GM Trevor Timmons, gone. Paul Wilson, Senior Vice President of Hockey Operations, gone. Clean the house. It's about bloody time. They hired Jeff Gordon as the new Vice President of Hockey Operations. He was formerly with the Rangers, but Bergevin had to go. I think he's working out too much. Shirts are getting small, cutting off the blood circulation to his brain. He, he was long overdue. Jeff Molson, if you're listening, I'm definitely worth the candidate. But if you want to talk about real GM hunts, three options that have been key, uh, that have been constantly brought up, I mean, are Patrick Roy, Daniel Briard, and Mathieu Darche, all formerly with the Habs. But apparently they're pretty high on Danny Briere. And Patrick Roy did come out and say that what is there to lose by picking me? He is a GM and coach for the Quebec Rampal and the Quebec Junior Men Hockey League. So, personally, I would like to go with Patrick Roy. I think he deserves a chance. What is there to lose? Wild card, Roberto Luongo. All decent options. All right. Well, I mean, whatever you say, man. I guess it's uh, going to be a battle between Ottawa and Montreal for the tank for Shane, right? I'm surprised you didn't bring that up. Well, there's already a guy with the Montreal jersey, Shane Wright. Shout out to the guy at the Frontenac game. He already knows what's up. He's on the same game plan as me. We want Shane Wright in Montreal. Did you send him? Amazing how the uh, French accent comes out when he starts talking about Les Canadiens, eh? Oh, yeah. Oh, you can't disrespect La Province de Québec. Simple as that. Oh, I have and I will. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's jump in to the CFL. Kyle, what do you have for us? We are moving on to the semifinals after the Thai Cats get a big win over the Alouettes and the Rough Riders get a win over the Stampeders, as I told you guys on the podcast last week, that home field advantage paid off. So we've got the Eastern final set between the Thai Cats and the Toronto Argonauts. That's going to be a very good game. Obviously, big rivalry between Hamilton and Toronto. Hamilton is on the road. Um, playing the Argonauts. Uh, the Argonauts have the worst fan base in the league. No one really supports them. It'll probably be empty. Um, so it'll be an interesting game. I think the Ticats get the win, but I'll follow up with that later when we talk gambling. And then we've got the Blue Bombers, aka the Winnipeg Wagons, against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Winnipeg at home should be exciting um, as we get closer to figuring out who's going to play in the Great Cup. 
Okay, and as per usual, not much basketball talk. The Raptors are 9-13, and but something that we haven't really talked about on the podcast. We're going to jump past the coast-to-coast and into the MLB. The Jays had some pretty big losses, but Ryan, why don't you take it away and uh, break down N- MLB free agency? Well, it's been hectic. Teams have been spending like there's no tomorrow. Like, for some reason, I don't know, but... Hey, I'm all for it, except the Sox haven't made any splashes. Robbie Ray leaves the Blue Jays after winning the Cy Young, and he signs a five-year, $150 million with the Mariners. Samian leaving the Blue Jays, too, signing a seven-year, $175 million with the Rangers. Well, then the Blue Jays spend and sign Kevin Gosman to a six-year, 110. This guy was formerly with the Orioles, and he used to get rocked by the Sox, the Yankees, and the Rays. So while you're signing him, Blows my mind. At this point, the Blue Jays are just wasting money on a terrible pitcher. You guys do what you want. The Sox are going all the way. Noticeable moves. Corey Seager, 10-year, $325 million to the Rangers. That's crazy. The Rangers have almost spent, they've spent over half a billion on four players. It's crazy. Mad Max, Scherzer to the Mets. And then James Paxton, Canadian, to the Red Sox on a one-year deal. Gotta love it. Love to see that. I mean, not often you get to talk about Canadians in the MLB, so you kind of love to see it. And in some NHL news, uh, the uh, not really surprising, but uh, the San Jose Sharks waived Evander Kane, and he cleared waivers. Uh, that's not really surprising. We'll see what happens um, while he plays in the AHL or if he even touches the ice. I don't think he's ever going to step foot in the NHL with the uh, San Jose Sharks ever again. Uh, but on a more positive note, Jack Hughes got paid. It was an 8x8, eight eight, so 8 years, $8 million AAV. And personally, I don't love the contract. I mean, he's shown flashes of what he can be, but hasn't done enough, in my view, to warrant an $8 million contract. But, I mean, it's not my team, my not my money. So we'll see if that pays off in the future. They clearly see something that maybe... Uh, Maybe I don't, and that's why I'm not a GM. So, Moving on, a little bit of trade rumor talk. Jake DeBrusque has requested a trade from the Boston Bruins. The Auto Senators did kick the tires on DeBrusque in the offseason, so it wouldn't surprise me if they circled back and tried to work out a deal there. Uh, some other news, the Islanders, who had to pause operations due to COVID, uh, were cleared to resume today, so that's good news. We obviously don't want more games canceled, um, risking the Olympics being canceled, so it's good to see that they're getting back today. Some other news, very exciting. World Juniors are right around the corner. I can guarantee you that on this podcast, we will have a whole segment dedicated to the World Juniors. It is one of our favorite times of the year. How can you not love the World Juniors as a Canadian? Arguably so we'll make sure to, For sure. Um, so we'll make sure to focus on them a lot. Today, the tryout rosters were actually released. Um, and one note I want to make is that Brand Clark was not on the Canadian roster. Um, this obviously seems pretty crazy, but I think it must be that the Kings didn't want him to play there for some reason, because otherwise it makes no sense. But that's just one thing I wanted to note. Justin, I think you have some lines for who's going to win the World Juniors. I did. Last week, or whenever the lines were first released, it might have been earlier this week, like on Monday or something, I uh, was sitting at my desk at work, and, I mean, I I saw that there was an option for 
futures for the World Junior Hockey Championship, and I obviously had to sprinkle some money on Canada, so I got them at plus 190. But um, the other notable lines are the United States are at plus 300, and the Russians are at plus 350. Canada had a powerhouse roster last year and somehow lost the United States, so um, I guess I could see the value in taking the States at plus 300 and even the Russians at plus 350. Uh I don't think that I don't see a world where Canada doesn't win. Hopefully they can pull that off, make me some money and just make me one happy camper in the new year. I would yeah, never I mean, bet on Russia or USA. Yeah. Never. Yeah, that's never. the thing. I'm no matter what we talk about, I'm going to be betting on Canada to win. The only crappy part is that Canada always gets priced poorly because everyone's betting on on them. Looking at another book, you can get them at like plus 250. So shop around because uh if it's a Canadian-based book, the lines are going to be worse for Canada. But yeah, we'll definitely go in-depth, um, probably give out some sleepers. But at the end of the day, I think all three of us are going to be taking Canada. Yeah, no-brainer. Anyway, let's get into some picks. Kyle, what do you have for us? All right, going into the NHL, I have two picks for us. First pick is going to be Blues money line plus 120 against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I played this earlier in the week, actually. I hammered the Blues, who played the Lightning. Lightning are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Samkos is out for personal reasons. Uh, that won't be long-term, but very big miss, obviously. Braden Point's out for four to six weeks, another big miss. And Kucherov's out long-term. Those are their three best forwards, so they're missing a lot up front. Obviously, they have a ton of depth, but, I mean, you're missing out on a lot of points between the three of them. Um, and the Blues are a great team, so uh, I like them at uh, plus money all day. Missing and then the other play, point. Yeah, I, I made that joke and I uh, <laughs> hated myself for that. Um, moving on, Hurricanes minus 1.5. I will be fading my beloved Sens because, I mean, they are horrible. Let's be honest here. They're absolutely terrible. There's no line for this because the Sens are playing right now, but I'm guessing the line will likely be around plus 100. Sens are playing on a back-to-back and having to travel from Ottawa to Carolina. Um, and the Sens are just terrible. So I think uh, the Canes might win by five goals. All right. I only have one NHL pick this week. I'm taking the Bruins minus 120 at the Preds tomorrow night. Uh, the Preds are a better hockey team record-wise than the Bruins. They're at home. The line doesn't really make any sense to me. So I'm taking the Bruins minus 120. That's my only pick this week. I got two NHL picks this week. One of them, Hurricanes minus one and a half. Just a simple fade the sense all day long, especially on a back-to-back. One, I hate them. Two, they're terrible. Perfect spot for the Hurricanes to rock here. And my second pick is going to be the Flames minus one slash money line. The line's not out yet. Probably going to be around minus 130. But if the money line is anything below minus 140, I'd recommend getting that against the Kings. Markstrom can take any game. And on the road, the Flames have been hot. Take the Flames against the Kings tomorrow. Okay, let's jump into some NFL talk. So there wasn't a lot of news this week coming out of the NFL, no real big headlines, but there were two things earlier today. Adrian Peterson signed with the Seahawks and was assigned to their practice squad, so I don't know if uh, maybe Pete Carroll is going to try to work him into a roster uh, later in the year or down the stretch, but Seahawks are a dumpster fire. I don't really see this benefiting either side that much. Who knows? And then... And on another note, Christian McCaffrey was assigned to the IR for the second time this year due to an ankle injury. 
And when you get assigned to the IR twice within one season, it's automatically season-ending. So Christian McCaffrey, fantasy owners everywhere, including myself, devastated. Panthers fans, devastated. I think it's safe to say that their season's over. Big loss last week. They're done for without Christian McCaffrey. So that's pretty big news. Another note on McCaffrey. For you fantasy owners out there, this is the perfect time to go and pick up Chubba Hubbard. He's going to be picking up... Um, a lot of those snaps that McCaffrey is missing out on. If he's available in your league, he's a great guy to pick up right now. All right. Well, we're moving down the stretch in the NFL season, so it's time to start looking ahead to the playoffs. I mean, obviously there's a lot of football left to be played, but you can kind of see how each conference is starting to take shape, and um, I think it's start time to start talking about the playoffs and potential Super Bowl candidates. Who do you guys think is the best bet for the Super Bowl? Well, looking at the lines right now, um, it's tough. I mean, you have Bucks, who are the favorites, but you're only getting a little bit less than plus 600. You know, Chiefs are now the second favorites after they've been uh, doing well recently. But I think if I were to pick one team at this point to win the Super Bowl, I'd be taking the Packers at plus 800. I mean, Rodgers looks like he's uh, ready to go on a run. Um, I mean, they've got a great roster top to bottom. And if they are able to win a home field advantage, tough to imagine someone beating them before at least making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't hate that. I think uh, personally, I, I'm, I'm, I don't really want to talk about this because one of our friends is a Patriots fan, but I, I actually see a lot of value in the Patriots plus 1100 and that's all I'm going to say about that. Ryan, what about you? What's your uh, Super Bowl best bet at the moment? I see great value in the Titans at <sighs> plus 2200. No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. To be fair, the Packers at plus 800 is a real good show. They've been arguably, I think, the best team all season under I agree. Rodgers. And they have, especially when Jones comes back healthy too, that one-two combo with Dylan, and the playoffs could be huge. Yeah, yeah I mean, they just, they've just been so consistent, I think, compared to a lot of teams where we haven't seen consistency. I mean, obviously, when Rodgers was out, they didn't look good, but, I mean, you're missing your best player. But, yeah, they've just been consistent and, like, haven't really shown – a lot of glaring errors like you know we've seen the rams who we thought were a great team and they're struggling hard the bucks have struggled too the cowboys so i mean I, I mean the cowboys titans are a good struggle. team so yeah the titans are a bad team but anyways uh, they've just been consistent and uh yeah i think the packers are a good bet here yeah I completely well agree. now it's the worst time of the freaking episode i'm not excited for this <laughs> it's a new introducing segment. Stat guy just feel free to fast forward as I mentioned earlier. We don't want to listen to it. He's got about twelve hundreds for us, but uh, take I'm it about away. to take a nap. But yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, I've been looking at lines and loving what I'm seeing. So I have seven picks on my official NFL card. More to come later in my bankroll challenge and stuff. But we're gonna start off with the Bills minus two and a half. Minus 120 against the Patriots. I know I just said that I don't mind the Patriots' value to win the Super Bowl, but I think this is a massive primetime game on Monday night. Mac Jones, although the Tom Brady situation when the Bucks came to town was a different beast, um, this Bills-Pats game is going to shape the division potentially, so I think there's so much pressure. Um, I also, because the Pats have been rolling so much, don't really understand why the Pats aren't favored or 
at least maybe a road pick them. The line doesn't really make sense to me. Buffalo has not looked good, although they rolled the Saints last week. I don't know. I think that the line should either slightly favor the Pats or be a pick them. So that line doesn't really make sense to me. Give me the Bills, minus two and a half. Then we're going to jump back on board with Stat Guy Just, as they mentioned. The Unders cash money last week. They went 4-1. and one. So we are going to take all the division matchup unders once again. I'll rattle them off quickly for you. Vikings-Lions under 46.5. Bucks-Falcons under 50.5. Colts-Texans under 45.5. Niners-Seahawks under 45.5. Ravens-Steelers under 44. Broncos-Chiefs under 47. I've got one to give out, but I'll save it for later. Kyle, what do you have this week? Thank God I thought that segment would never end, but I'm finally up. Let's get on to some winners here. First play of the week, we are taking the Saints plus four and a half against the Cowboys in Thursday night football. I hate the Cowboys. I mean, I'm just going to say that I hate the Cowboys. There's a little bit of bias here because I hate the Cowboys, but they're on a three-game losing streak. They're in chaos. Mike McCarthy, that fat fuck, he has COVID. He's not going to be coaching. The Saints are starting Taysom Hill. I don't think it makes a big difference because he sucks. Trevor Simeon sucks. Saints have a great defense. I think I can see them covering here. My next play, speaking of bias, fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. Eagles minus six and a half against the Jets. Last week, I didn't take the Eagles. I know my team. I knew they were going to shit the bed against the Giants. I know my team. Yeah, my fantasy team shit the bed. Yeah, I just traded for Jalen Hurts. He put up six points. He's questionable this week. I don't want to talk about it. I'm in the playoffs or not. Anyways, I know my team. I know. I know. They're going to beat the Jets by about 40 points this week. You take that minus 6.5 and you sit back on the couch. You put your Jalen Hurts jersey on. You put your Devonta Smith jersey on. And you just watch them put up points. That's going to be an easy pick. Get it over with. My next pick, Chargers plus three versus the Bengals. I love the Chargers. I love them, love them, love them. It's a great spot for them against the Bengals. Everyone's high on the Bengals. Super low on the Chargers. Justin Herbert bounces back, plus three. I love it. My next play may very well be walking into a trap here. Might be a very obvious trap. 49ers minus three against the Seahawks. We watched that Monday night football game, that horrible game. It hurt my eyes to watch. I bet on the Seahawks. So did I, unfortunately. the football team. So we watched that torture where Russell Wilson didn't throw the ball to DK for three quarters, and then he threw it in the fourth quarter to him four times when he was in, like, double coverage. That was a horrible game. The Seahawks look completely incompetent. Russell Wilson looks like he's done for. The 49ers are rolling. It might be a trap, but... I mean, after watching that game, the Seahawks are going to get rolled. 49ers minus three. I'd like to jump in here with a little breaking news. Adam Gaudet might have scored, but he just turned the puck over and the slot fell over and gave the Canucks an easy, easy goal. <laughs> 2-1 Canucks. Typical sense. Typical, typical. Anyways, back to NFL. Typical sense, but we're pick. getting Shane Wright. That's all I'm going to say. Talk at the end of the season. Dolphins minus three and a half against the Giants. Jones is announced out. Pretty sure the backup is McCarron. Dolphins at home with Tua. I know uh, Justin is going on about how he doesn't really believe in them or believe in Tua. He's not a big Tua fan. I like the I like the Dolphins here. I think they cover also. They'll probably win by a touchdown. Give me Dolphins minus three and a half. 
Second pick, Bucks versus Falcons. The large spread of minus 11. I think Tom comes out hot in the first half. Minus six and a half. Put a U on it. They'll cover with ease. And then I got two teasers. I know the boys love the teasers. So I got two of them for the I got two of them this week. First one, Colts minus three, Cardinals minus one and a half. Colts are playing the Texans. It's a divisional game. It'll be close, but I think they cover the minus three. Cardinals, Hopkins and Murray should be back with that combo. The win beat the Bears. It's the Bears. They're terrible, simple as that. And the second teaser. Ravens plus one and a half, and then fly, Eagles fly. I'm riding with the homer. Give me minus 0.5. Yes, sir. It's about time you take the Eagles instead of the Cowboys in your shitbag teasers. Let's fucking go. <laughs> it's going to cash. Moving on to the NBA. I've got one pick for you guys. Not a lot of action tomorrow, but we're going to ride with the New York Knicks. Bing bong. Knicks plus two against the Bulls. I think it'll be a nice little play for us there. CFL, I've got two plays, as I mentioned. Ticats, money line over the Argonauts. Ticats are an experienced team. They've been in the playoffs before. They're coming off winning the last great cup. I think they get the job done in Toronto, where the fans won't be into it. It'll be empty. Not much of an advantage playing at home. So give me Hamilton. Money line. My next play, Rough Riders plus seven and a half. Yeah, you're probably asking, Kyle, why are you betting against the Winnipeg Wagons? Seven and a half points is so many points for a playoff game. I'm just taking it purely on a merits base, plus seven and a half. Moving on to the CPL. Unfortunately, there still aren't any lines out yet, but the game is this week. Keep an eye out for us to tweet out some plays. Obviously, the finals between Pacific and Forge. Ryan, do you know what you're going to be betting on for the finals? It's going to be a goal feast, as I said last episode. If both teams to score is at a very good line, I'm going to be hammering it. That's exactly what I'm going to be doing, too. Look for us to be playing both teams to score. If you see that line, grab it. Now, moving on to college football. This week is conference championships. Ryan, do you have any plays for us? Well, my first play, I've been high on these guys all season. I've bet them. They've made me cash, especially with the team totals because the offense can rock when they're hot. Cincinnati versus Houston, give me minus 10. I love it. And then my second play, this, I was on the fence at first, but I'm going with my gut and my guru. He cashed with us last week with Texas. He's telling me to go with this. I'm riding with him. Wake Force plus three against Pitt. The boys have been hot this year. It's going to be a high-scoring game as per usual. It's Wake Forest. They can't defend, but it's a shootout. I think they cover plus three. Kyle, how about you? I like it. I like it. I am also with you on Cincinnati minus 10 against Houston. I think when you see a line this big against a Houston team that's decent, it means that Vegas just thinks that Cincinnati is going to absolutely cream them. And it wouldn't surprise me because Cincinnati needs to win to make sure they secure their spot in the playoffs. So Cincinnati minus 10. And then we're going with Georgia minus six and a half against Alabama. This does make me a little sick to my stomach betting against Saban and betting against him in one of the biggest spreads uh, he's ever faced. Obviously, the easy players just take Alabama and the points. However, this Georgia team is different. They are a class above everyone else in college football, and Alabama is so overrated just because of their name. Obviously, Saban is different, and he's going to scheme up a great game, but Georgia plus, uh, minus 6.5 is going to be the play. 
I completely agree with you. I think Georgia's above everyone else this year. Alabama's overrated just because it's Alabama. For sure. It's all because of their name. Um, so that's what we have for the conference championships. I only have one play in college basketball because there isn't a great slate tomorrow, but we are going to be taking St. Mary's plus two and a half against Utah State. And Stack Guy Just is taking off college basketball, even though I'm one to know despite getting chirped last week. Whatever. All right. But let's get into the $100 bankroll challenge. Just to My give you a little, segment. little recap of last week. It's Ryan's new favorite segment because he actually went 2-0-1. He didn't lose last week. That brings him to 2-6-1. Brings his bankroll up to $73. So he's still $27 in the negative despite him loving this segment. Kyle went 1-2, lost $5.91. Um, that brings him to 6-6 six six overall and his bankroll to $82.49. I went 1-3 last week but somehow squeaked out with a $2.17 profit. That brings me to 5-7. However, I... I'm up $7.23 overall with a total of $107.23 as my bankroll. Started off, I'm going to put $5 on the Giants plus 3.5. Ryan touched on it earlier about how I feel, but the Dolphins have been looking really good. I'm not a tool to a believer, and I think this line should be a lot bigger considering Danny Dimes isn't playing. I think their four-game win streak comes to an end. I think the Giants have a chance at winning outright. Crazy. But give me the Giants plus the points, plus three and a half at minus 103. As I mentioned earlier, I had one more under to give you guys. I'm taking the Pats Bills under 43 and a half. This line just doesn't make any sense to me. The Bills put up, what, 30 plus points, 40 plus points against the Saints. The Pats have scored like 30 plus points in their last like six games on their big win streak. This game just screams a ton of points. Why is the line only at 43.5? They're going to play each other hard. They're going to know they know each other. Bill Belichick is going to stifle the Bills' offense, and I think Sean McDermott does the same to Mac Jones and the boys. Give me $10 on Pat's Bills under 43.5. Let me tell you, you are not going to have a fun time watching Monday Night Football. That is an awfully low line. Ballsy to play, but I mean, stack guy just he just bets on the stats, so you got to do you. All right, I need a bounce back. A couple weeks negative. I'm six and six overall, but we're down about $28, so we need to bounce back. We're going with $10 on the Chargers, Herbert in a bounce back. It's going to be easy. And then the easiest play of the week Eagles minus six and a half. Fly Eagles fly. We're going to win by a billion. Hertz puts up 30 in fantasy. Perfect. And then my other play, $5, Blues Moneyline, plus 120. Book it. Bounce back week on the way. As I said, bounce back week. It happened. We're slowly creeping up. Kyle, I'm right behind you. Just heads up. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too worried about your across-the-pond picks here. Hey, these across-the-pond picks worked out. They're going to deliver again. Tomorrow, we got a little cheeky $5 bet. If you know me, you know I hate Fred and McGuire, but McGuire's not playing. So we're putting $5 on Fred to get booked, so uh, he's got to get a yellow card or a red card, plus $195. we got $10 on Blackburn Rovers game going over 2.5 at plus 105. That's in the championship in England. Now we're going back to the Premier League. $10 on Leeds and Brentford minus 133 to score. And we got the teaser from earlier. 
Colts minus one, Colts minus three, and Cardinals minus one and a half. Another ten dollars there. All right, now for everybody's favorite segment, the lock of the week. Just to give a quick recap of last week, unfortunately, I'm the only one that lost. Fortunately for you guys, if you're tailing, Kyle and Ryan both won, bringing my record down to three and three. Ryan's up to two, three and one, and Kyle, four and two, hitting at sixty-six percent. How are you? I mean, I'm the best gambler on the show. I already told you that at the beginning. Best record overall, best lock of the week record. I might not be winning the bankroll challenge right now, but I will win it. We're four and two, and we're looking to grab another W. Unfortunately, I can't go to my favorite CFL league. I can't go to the NCAA because I couldn't find any great plays there. Instead, we're slapping our dicks onto Monday Night Football, and we're taking the Bills minus two and a half against the Pats. Justin talked about it. The line doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Everyone has been riding the Pats. They've looked so great. The Bills defense punches MJ10 in the face on Monday night, and they show them what a defense is, and they show them what adversity is. Bills minus 2.5. They might win this game by 20 points. Bills minus 2.5, lock of the week. My lock of the week is the Chargers plus three. Kyle touched on it, but let's get into some statistics. Check the statistics. So the Chargers have the sixth best passing attack, and they're going against the Bengals, who have the 25th best pass defense. In my mind, everybody is so low on the Chargers, so high on the Bengals right now. It's a big letdown spot after the Bengals killed the Steelers. I I think the Chargers have a chance at winning outright, but I'm going to take the points. Chargers plus three. Check the statistics, he says, big man. Okay, okay. We're talking big man. We're traveling the pond for the lock of the week. Could have already predicted that. What a shocker, my God. Aston Villa versus Leicester. If you're a big Prem fan, you know Aston Villa since hiring Steven Gerrard. They've had a bit of a, they've had a bit of fire in them. They've been scoring in all three games. Leicester, Leicester's like Swiss cheese. They'll concede all the time. They're like Breeze Galov in the NHL. They'll score though, because they have Jamie Vardy. Both teams to score. That's going to be my hammer of the week, lock of the week. We'll be back at 500. Let's get it. Jamie Vardy all the way. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias, Twitter and Instagram, at OverborderPod. See you guys next time. If you guys have any suggestions for guests, please let us know because we are looking to get some more guests on the show. Make sure you reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Life's a gamble, so why not put some money on it? Oh.